I want to believe that you want to be with me, but I'm sitting here. I'm doing everything I possibly can. I'm laying every single card down. I'm literally throwing every single trick I have up my sleeve and giving you all of my heart. And you are just sitting there staring at it and not doing anything. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday. Welcome back. You have had a very interesting week. Tell us about what you have been up to. So I, as we all know, if you live in Los Angeles or if you've just been following the entertainment industry, the Writers Guild is currently on strike um, mm-hmm. with a lot of the studios. And I've been going to a couple of the studios to strike after work, and it has been really, um, it's been really cool to see. I'm, I've been, I'm not in the Writers Guild yet, um, but I'm very supportive of it because these people are fighting for not only, you know, their rights, but also my future, and I wanted a chance to be able to also fight for my future. And also, like, I'm just really pissed off at, like, what a lot of the studios are doing. Like, fucking David Zaslov at HBO changing it from HBO Max to just fucking Max, like, that makes no fucking sense. And then, like, also just taking away, like, a lot of, like, credits, like, on their um, shows, if you go to, like, any, like, Max show, like, HBO Original, or not even just HBO Originals, all their programming, they took... So when you just go to, like, click on a show or click on a movie and you scroll down for, like, more information, it'll list, Mm -hmm. like, the top billing people, so director, writer, producer... You know, things like that. Yeah. They housed all those names under creators. So when you're looking at the billing for, like, fucking Catch Me If You Can, Steven Spielberg is the third name, and that's the fucking director. And so much shit is, has been, like, so stupid around it because, like, one, that's illegal. It's against the Director's Guild contract to do that. Like, you can't change it. Like, if you want director's build on something, you have to say directed by and then the name. So little things like that. And then they're out here buying like, you know, the, all of this international content, but they can't afford to pay their own writers. And that's not just HBO. That's like Netflix, everybody. And so all the studios that we've been going to have been Paramount, Netflix, Warner Brothers, Amazon, CBS, TV City, um, NBC Universal, Sony, Fox, all of those across Los Angeles. And it's been really... Um, you know, empowering, I think, to see. I think it can be really draining sometimes. I think when the strike happened in 2007, a lot of people who were around that time that I've met, um, because that's another thing, I've met like a ton of older writers who have been in the industry for a very, very long time, and I've Mm -hmm. made some really cool connections with some of those people. Um, They said the 2007 strike was really bleak and really um, depressing, and this time, it has been really encouraging. I think it's because we've had a lot of people who, like pre-WGA people like me, who are not in the union yet, standing beside supporting. And, like, we're making it fun. Like, we're out here karaokeing. Chris Pine makes a random appearance every now and then, and I keep missing this man. I love and that. I'm so depressed that I keep missing Chris Pine. <laughs> I, I hope you to- I hope you see Chris Pine in one I, of your ventures. I need to see him. Like, I just need <laughs> to be like, Christopher, you are the king of Genovia to me. Like... <laughs> The king of Genovia, I'm dying. I need you and Miss Anne Hathaway to do Princess Diaries 3. Like, I need this to happen. We all need this. It's okay. Y'all are both looking like the best you ever have. You're literally in your prime. Like, we support you. We need this. (laughs) Um, No, I I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool that, like, you, who is not part of the guild yet, like, is still participating. Like you said, it's just... It's frustrating even from, like, me, and I'm not even, like, a screenwriter, Mm -hmm. to watch people not get credit and get paid for literally creating the things. Like, there would be nothing on Netflix without the writer. Mm -hmm. And so, like, and, like, I know I I can't empathize, but I can sympathize because, like, as, like, a songwriter, like, we get paid nothing for streams. So it's very... It's very frustrating when you know. Trust you, me, I'm you, waiting for the. I, I'm waiting I'm, for the I'm waiting for the, to go on strike. <laughs> I I would. Love I don't know to if see musicians that. will go on strike. We'll see. That would be awesome. But, um, but yeah, I think it's really really encouraging to see, to just to to just see it. Um, because it mm. is frustrating and like 
nobody like I mean I knew it was a thing because of like the past stuff but like the fact that it's still a thing and we're in 2023 mm-hmm. like is absolutely ridiculous so yeah um I we're loved your sign, her. by oh, the thank way. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. My Daisy Jones and the Six inspired sign. Look, I we know I love Daisy Jones, right? And you know, listening to Honeycomb, I was like, why is no one quoting "Look at us now"? Like, and it was so genius. I, it was I, genius. I was like, if I go and strike, I'm gonna make a sign. And I'm gonna quote Daisy Jones and the Six. Did anybody else on the line get it? No, because they're not obsessed. I need to take that sign and go to Amazon. And strike because maybe somebody yes. there. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm also hoping that, like, by having the sign, like Scott Newsader or Will Graham, the creators of the show, <laughs> will see it. Uh, like, absolutely. Be like, yes. Be like, Thank yes. you. <laughs> be like, you're welcome. I love you guys. But no, I've met some amazing people the other day. I met the creator of The Simpsons and had no idea it was him <laughs> that I was talking to. Uh, literally walks away and, and was like, oh, wait. Oh wait! <laughs> I asked my friend. I asked my friend. I was like, I think I know who that was. But can you just tell me who that was? He was like, That was the creator of Simpsons. I'm like, Okay, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've I've met him. I've met some really amazing writers. I've met um, just really cool people who have been really inspirational in my career. And you know, even though I'm not in the guild, I still have published work. I have a film. I've written, and I support all of this even if I hadn't I still would do, be out there and I support the actors going on strike if they go on strike which I think they will be um and the director's guild if they go on strike I also support that and will stand with them so um we're just fighting for more residuals um so just a, like two percent of the billions of dollars that these CEOs are taking in and yeah I think that's the part that bugs me the most it's like you're not even asking for like a fucking house the in the strike, hills like you're literally asking already, for just yeah. The strike has already cost more than what we were asking for. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. And we're just asking just for 2% of the billions of dollars you're taking in. And um, that AI won't take our jobs. Um, because AI does not have childhood trauma. It cannot write the jokes AI that we can. AI <laughs> doesn't I can't take credit for that joke. That was on somebody's sign at the strike. Oh and it's so true. AI doesn't have childhood trauma. It cannot write the humor that we do. Dude, a- AI is cool, but AI is a little scary at the same time. Like, we need to be using AI to, like, clean up the ocean or, like... Or, like, solve know, cancer. Not <laughs> like, take away artist jobs. Not, like, AI and computers should be doing the stuff that humans don't want to do. Or, like, have tried to do and, like, can't figure out. Like, exactly. we don't need to be writing scripts and writing music with a robot. Like, I'm so sorry. It's not going to be that good. We're, it's going to be, like, something that we all could have come up with. And we need the writers who have that creative piece that the rest of us are missing. Like, it's yeah. not... It's just... It's it's simple. It's just... I can't believe it's even in question. Yeah. yeah. But... So, yeah, that's what I have been doing. But speaking of HBO and Max, uh, have you seen Bama Rush... Yet. No, I've seen Bama Rush TikTok. Um, okay. I was on that like Which during the COVID. Film yeah, I was like in that during like the pandemic, and I like needed to needed to to remove myself from the chat. Um, so I I don't I'm not really <laughs> familiar with the show. Like I haven't watched it, but I went through like sorority rush myself. So I'm very interested in like what that. Okay, looks so like any any expectations you have significantly lower them. Okay, lower them. <laughs> so 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 Bama Rush TikTok made us think. Hi, no, we're Bama, low. Bama Rush TikTok is better than what this documentary is because um, oh. is they barely go underneath the surface. Like for some reason, this documentary about rushing a sorority. One, you don't ever see them go through rush. Oh, that's weird. Okay, like it's the build up to like them about to rush like anticipation before or whatever so alabama they start rush before classes start so yes they like all go up there yeah yeah we don't we didn't we started like i think it was like the first weekend it was like the first i think it was memorial day weekend no and so labor day weekend that's what more schools should do and i so i have a friend that went to alabama and she wasn't a sorority so i've talked to her all about this and got like even more details from her because she was like do they talk about this this and this i'm like no, I don't go into any details because the fucking director inserts her own narrative and is somehow correlating Bama Rush to her alopecia. <laughs> what? Okay. 
Like I, that's two separate documentaries. Like I, I, I want to like learn. Like I, like I want to know. If you want to make a documentary I, about alopecia, you should have made a documentary about alopecia. Right. Like, because, like I get. I would watch she was, that. But also, like that doesn't have anything to do with Bama Rush. I get what she was trying to do and trying to be like. Like here's my you know, story. These girls this had to is live how. Up, yeah. Well, these girls had to live up to like a society pressure of like looks and stuff like that, and like I too have had to do that by wearing wigs. But I was like, you could have made that metaphor once. And we would have stuck with it. She made it like countless amount of times that I felt like I w- I felt like I knew the director too well. And in documentaries, I don't want to know the director. Like I really don't. It's not about her. It's about the people she's interviewing. And like what they should have done has it's gotten girls that are ex sorority members, like girls that got kicked out or dropped. Uh, they like the me. Girls, <laughs> they would have been the girls that spilled all the tea. Yeah, because we ain't got nothing to lose. But instead, they're interviewing girls who are not in it yet that are trying to rush and they're following their journey. They're like upset, like they're speaking highly of everything because they want to be in this organization so badly. And the one thing that like I wanted them to go into was the machine. And like if you've seen Bama or TikTok, you maybe you've seen like people talk about the quote unquote the machine. It's apparently like an underground, like older alumni cult. (laughs) That's how I can describe it. They meet in a fraternity basement. And basically, (laughs) basically how I asked my friend who I will keep anonymous uh, (laughs) for her protection, I guess, um, is basically like you are, when you're in it, like when you were in a sorority at Bama, you are like essentially like brainwashed into thinking that this is like the most terrifying thing because to me somebody who was never in sorority never did greek life or anything i'm like ooh, ooh. the machine girls but that like, haven't moved there, past college girls who are still stuck in college well it's also ooh. not just girls i think it's a lot of like older white men who men and women who are still stuck in college yeah and it's like they have a say they like they want to see like your um because in the documentary they say that they want to know, like, who you're voting for for student government and stuff. And I'm like, why the fuck does that matter? I don't know who my student body president was. But my I friend could not. Was, well, I could tell you because I one of my friends was student body president. But, <laughs> but my friend who was at Bama, she was like, no, they don't want to only see your student body election results. They want to know. They want you to screenshot everything that you're like voting for wink wink alleging that they want to know like you're like who you're voting for for like the actual u.s government and stuff like that and they want to make sure that your morals are aligning with theirs and same down to homecoming queen like and homecoming king like things like that like they have a say in all of it just like to like way past the like getting to know you as a human let's let's control literally control thinking. everything so that you can be a part of this or whatever. Yes. Okay, and interesting. They're, they're, it's like controlling your thinking and everything. And I, they barely scratch the surface of it in the documentary. Oh, and it's so annoying. And I'm like, I... They probably did that for a reason. <laughs> they did not no, want that. don't fucking take a risk, dude. Come on. Like, your HBO money. Like, come on. You can do it. I don't know. It, there was so much stuff that I'm I feel like they like didn't they should have put into. you as director. I feel they like really you would have gotten all of the tea. Like, you would have found that you would have found the people that would have, like, given you a little bit more. Because I knew the people in college. Mm-hmm. I knew the people who were ex-sorority members that dropped or got kicked out because of standards. And they would tell me all the shit. And I'm like... I was always, like, obsessed because, like, the school that I went to, I was in the South, so, you know, like, it was a really big thing there, and and especially the school I went to, like, if I wasn't in Greek life, and so I felt so excluded from a lot of the, um, like, social atmosphere at at, uh, at that school because, like, it was just such standard. That's why I didn't date anybody all of undergrad because... I wasn't a sorority girl, and that's what every guy wanted to date was a sorority girl. Mm-hmm. And I just constantly was surrounded by that environment, and I was just fascinated. And I heard some of, like, they don't even go into hazing or the uh, fat Which phobia. Which is 1,000% yes. a thing. Like, 
there is so much hazing. There is, you know, like fat phobia. There is like racism, like xenophobia, like all this shit that they could go into that goes into sorority life and they don't talk about it. And I'm like, do you know how, like, even though quote unquote hazing is illegal, it still fucking happens because I saw it happen mm-hmm. at my own college. Like yeah. I saw girls that were like peer pressured into fucking doing cocaine and, you know, like doing like illegal acts that they did not want to do in order just to be a part of these um these houses and it's like and how some of them like had like minor quote unquote um not like like beauty flaws or whatever like they had like a lot of acne they were plus size they you know one of them was deaf and they were exiled from any Greek life. And I'm like, why are you not talking about this? Especially in Alabama, where there's a, f- like at my school too, there's a fuck ton of white people. Why mm-hmm. are you not talking about the racism that goes into that? And like, they touched on it a little bit, like how AKA, which is the um, historically like black um, sorority. Yeah. When they first were initiated onto Greek row at Alabama, like I think in the first couple of weeks there, there was a burning cross on their doorstep, like alluding to KKK shit. Wow, and that's ridiculous. They like graze the surface. That's the that's the one thing they mentioned. I'm like, you're not gonna dig into that shit. Like, there's so much more. Yeah. I feel like they could have been dug into, and you, you should have made. So, they should have made it a series. I was gonna ask, not is it a, a series? No, it's a no. film. It's oh, a, it's an hour and a half film. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, well, maybe I will watch it just to, like, be nosy, but if it's not good, then I don't really want to waste my time. I just wanted – and <laughs> that's just the recap for anybody listening. If you didn't want to watch it, there's – that's what happens. Basically, so. they, like, told you just enough for you to, like, be interested, and then they don't don't scratch the surface. Yeah. The teaser Great. is more exciting. Um, <sighs> that's frustrating. Then the because everybody has been talking about it. Like everybody's been yeah. like, I'm gonna go watch this. Like I'm so excited. So that's that's a little like, unfortunate. There's like sound clips that are like this documentary could end Greek life as we know it, bitch. It, it ain't. Like it ain't. It didn't do nothing for you. Like you, if anything, it's just that's a it's a commercial for it. I was gonna say it's actually gonna probably make more people want to join. So <laughs> yeah. Wow, um, that's but you've been watching Selling Sunset finally this new season. Oh, I watched man. it over the weekend and I loved it. This is a spicy season with the drama. I will say uh, it is, and like I thought, like it, I was worried at first since Christine isn't in it this season that like maybe it wouldn't be. But I think it's actually better because I feel like whenever Christine was on it, it was the Christine show. And I love Christine. She was my favorite. Yeah. But I like Christine outside of Selling Sunset. Yes. I think she was too much like make it all about me in the show, which yeah. was like kind of the, especially the, season five. And it probably also was the producers, Adam DeVillo, who also did The Hills mm-hmm. as well. Oh, it, it yeah. Also, yeah. It also probably was a lot of him creating that narrative. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of like how he made Heidi the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll tell you where I'm paused. Well, spoiler alerts ahead. Um, Yeah. If you don't don't have to give, we'll have a timestamp down below. Yeah. I was going to say, we don't have to give like certain details, but I have paused it to come record with you. Um, (laughs) We are, (laughs) we are on our girls trip at Palm Springs and they just arrived. So I haven't seen anything past that. Um, okay, like, Loki, so, though, the houses they look at in Palm Springs are really pretty. Okay. Can I just talk about, like, I'm getting a lot of inspiration for my own house from this specific season. All of the black and the, like, warm woods. Mm-hmm. I, that is, like, what I want in my house. And I am, like, okay, I will remember season six, episode, like, five. Like, I'm coming back to this one. There is one inspo. house that... There's one house that Brie, she's the new girl. She's I one of uh, really Nick like Cannon. Her. I like her too. She's one of <laughs> Nick Cannon's baby mamas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what she refers to herself as. Um, she's gorgeous. But she shows um, Sweetie, the rapper, she shows her a house. I don't know if you've gotten to that Ooh, episode. I yet. haven't gotten to that part. I love that house. Mm-hmm. And the backyard is so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sweetie, if you don't buy it, um, <laughs> not that I can afford it, I will. but. <laughs> No, I okay. So, what are your opinions of I fucking hate Nicole, Nicole and Brie? Okay, I, I also do not Nicole. like Nicole at all. I um, love Brie. I think she is great because she's she reminds me a lot. If you watch Selling the OC, those two other girls that yes. they're like, mm-hmm. I'm just here to fucking sell houses. I'm the, not here for fucking The two drama. girls have the same name. 
Yes. I don't remember, I can't their, names, remember so. their names, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, at first I was like, Ooh, is Brie going to be the new Christine? That was like the first, I was like, when she walked in, it's I was Nicole. like, Oh no, Oh no. And I was like, dang it. It's Nicole. And so, which, which is very interesting to me. And I also don't like how she brought up the fact that her and Jason dated like 20 years ago. I Bitch, was like, don't give a fuck. cares? Like you're married. Like what? Like, and then, like, her whole beef with Chriselle and, like, Chriselle. all the things that happened, like, three years ago. Chriselle's, like, literally, like, like I gave you credit. Like, I gave you credit. Like, and she I took just, no money from the cell either. Exactly. And this girl is just looking to take down somebody. <laughs> yes. I love Chriselle this season because I think she's finally just like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to let people walk over me anymore. Yes. And she's spicy this season. And I kind of like it. I really like it. I at first was like, I at first thought she was going to, they were going to marinate like the Jason Chrishell breakup thing for oh, yeah. too much. Uh, for sure. For and sure. at first I was like, oh, like, can we just move on? Like you guys are both with other people and like happily, like Chrishell and G are married. I will say though, the clip of Chrishell and G in the studio was so cringe to me. <laughs> oh, it was really cringe, but they're married. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G was on Nick Vile's podcast, which I want to listen to that episode. Um, oh, but I had yeah. no idea. I, I like went back to the TikTok and I was like, oh, that was the soft like marriage launch <laughs> at the yeah, very end. Basically. Um, but no, but I like love. The, uh, yeah. She, she only brings up G in like that one episode. Like they're never brought back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh, interesting. But so at first I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, no. Chriselle's back. Like Chriselle, the Chriselle that I loved from the beginning is back, but she mm-hmm. is like found like I think what has she's happened found her voice. is she's found her voice, which I think G has helped bring out of her and For also sure. I think that and she says this in one episode that G really makes Chriselle feel like at peace. And so when mm-hmm. all that tension with Nicole was happening like Chriselle just wanted to go be with G. And I and I can see how, like, there's a different, like, aura around her and, like, peace around her. But she is no, able to 1, say, 000%. like, directly what she's feeling. And I and yeah. I just really appreciate that. And I think that's why I like Brie, too. Because even though Brie, like, may bring up things, like, not in the best timing, she still gets to the point. And she's like, I'm not here to bullshit. Like, you made me feel uncomfortable. Like, was yeah. there any intention? Um, like, when she went at Chelsea. S- Yes. So, like, I don't ever see, I don't ever see Brie talking about a problem to everybody else before going to the person first. Like, yes. if anything, she's going to the person first. Like, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's other people bringing it up around her. Right, right. Which I really like. And I definitely think Rochelle, for sure, has grown into her voice. And I feel like it's almost. Like she's like, I'm not going to have a repeat of the Christine situation. Mm-mm. Like, I'm going to address it head on. Does she say things on the Palm Springs trip that may be out of line? I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen that part. <laughs> I'm, I'm just teasing you with it. Maybe, but I'm not, like... She You're not says, mad about th- it at the same time. One line, <laughs> yeah, there's one thing that she says that I'm like... That was a little risky to say, but like you might be not you, you might also, not be wrong. <laughs> like, um, like what made you so brave to say that? <laughs> That's yeah. really what it is. It's like you well, have the like I think okay. she, I think Chriselle's gotten a lot of shit about a lot of things recently, and so I think she's just to the point, like you said, where she just doesn't care. Yeah. Um Heather, I love Heather. <laughs> I love Heather. She, um, I just really love bump. her. She is so cute. And I heard she didn't get asked to come back for season seven. But I think it's because she has her own show. Oh, um, I know that. I was like watching on TikTok, but she she was like, I'm ready to go back to work. I'm ready, but I haven't been called to film. And so I hope, I really hope she's back because I really like her. I think she is very much like a good like middle ground. And yes. she's so positive and she tries to see the best in everyone. And I just really like her and Tariq. And I really like their story. So I really hope... That I they, hope she comes back. I hope, like, I hope that was just like an early, early interview, and they've like asked her to come back. Yeah. Um, because I, I, like I think I like Emma, Emma. I think I love Emma. I think she's spicy too. When she went at Jason for losing Zed's um, listing, mm-hmm. when when Jason like that's the thing. I'm also kind of annoyed at Jason because he just oh, like, yeah, is Jason gallivanting was like, How, around. Why'd you fuck this up? Yeah, and he was like, he was like, Fucking you could have called me. Yeah. You could have called me, and she was like, you were on the same emails. Like, I'm not gonna hold your hand. Like, and I really liked exactly. that she just like stood her ground. 
So yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I pre- and I honestly like Brett is kind of I feel like Brett his brother is like I mean she's not wrong like and then he was like I'm not having this conversation with you I was like Jason like what like he's Brett a child. is right he's Jason acts like a child yeah he is I also really like Chelsea <laughs> um Chelsea, I like her. I, it's waves for me I like her but then like sometimes I don't like I I like her a lot but she I wish she would tone down the judgmental mouth. yes. If she could tone that down, I would like her more. Because because um, I think she, this season, I think she's really cool. I just think that judgy, the judgy vibe is not I meshing think she's with a great, me. I think she's a great businesswoman. I think she knows how to sell a fucking house, and I love her clothes. But she keeps per, per, like protruding that. She's like, well, I just have these Christian values, and I don't agree with your marriage. And Bree's like, I'm not asking you to agree with my relationship. That's mm-hmm. not your fucking business. And I exactly. agree. Like, it's exactly. not. Like, it's not affecting you in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, like, your bestie or anything that we're coworkers. Like, you don't have to like me kind of thing. And because yeah. I think that's why I like Brie is because I would be like Brie. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I was sorry, I'd be like, you don't have to fucking like my personal life. It's none of your fucking business. That's Like, I'm not asking you to join in on me and Nick's, like, relationship or, like, arrangement or whatever. Right, and, like, right. I get it. Like, she's from, like, Chelsea, like, has seen, like, broken homes and she's from one as well, too. I get it. But, like, just because... You have your trauma does not mean that it's gonna be every child's like same trauma. Exactly, like, exactly. There's a lot of her. I feel like portraying what she went through. Do on... I like Nick Cannon? No, no. no. <laughs> I think I honestly think he's doing what he's doing. He's having so many kids because after you have ten kids, you don't have to pay child support. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's that way. Like if you are a celebrity, because they're like obviously you can afford it. Like you have so much money, but I do know if you have over ten kids, you do not have to pay child support. Wow, that's very interesting. And I feel like that is a huge motivation for what he's doing. Like why he's having like twelve kids. Yeah, and then the other t- who else? Oh, Mary and Amanda. I love Amanda. I always love Amanda. I think she yeah. is just really cool. She's going through a lot, which sucks. And then Mary's super stressed. So I hope Mary. Can be less stressed. Because <laughs> right now, I'm like, where I you been, girl? Her. Where you been, girl? I used to love her. And I'm so, like, where's the girl I liked? Where yeah, is she at? Yeah. Um, I think I... She even said it, like, working with her husband and her best friend, like, and trying to be in charge of all these things. Like, I would lose my shit. It's so stressed. I mean, could you imagine working <laughs> with me and blame this and, like, on... And then having to, like... Similar projects? Like, your boss being like, no, you're going to handle the drama and having to sit down two of your best friends who are fighting. I would be like... But bitch, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not the boss. Like, yeah. what? Like, it's yeah. So I'm not the one writing the signing the checks and writing payroll mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like, no, right? right. And like, I she even admitted like to not getting a raise for doing all of those things. So I was like, oof, this is. Yeah, she needs a raise. This is she a lot. Absolutely so. needs a raise for sure. Yeah. Um. Well. I'm glad I can't wait to finish. <laughs> I'm very like like you see. I'm I'm starting to get caught up on my shows. Like I'm. Yes. I, I watched like. I watched a lot of episodes. <laughs> Do you have a captivation? Is that your captivation right now? Yeah. We'll, we'll call that my captivation. Okay. For okay. sure. Um, um, what is I yours? Have a, I have a separate one. Mine, I don't know why it took me so long to like listen to it, but it's Miley Cyrus's album, Endless Summer Vacation. I'm finally oh, you, now listening oh, to you're it. just now. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm it's finally good. listening to it because, I mean, it's finally summer. I cannot get jaded out of my head. I was going to say, jaded is my favorite one. Oh, my God. And the music video is stunning. She, I love her. I hate that she people are giving so her shit for not going on tour, but, like, she doesn't want to go on tour. Yeah. Just let the girl stay home and produce well, uh, music. Hello. She let her, has been. Let her do her thing. She has been in this industry since she was, like, 11 years old. That's yeah. when she started Hannah She Montana. literally was like, I don't want to sleep on a tour bus. And I'm like, don't. Like, respect, you, man. I respect that. But, like, if you want to do a show at the Hollywood Bowl, um, I'm fine with that. <laughs> or if you want to do, like, a sh- just, like, one show in L.A., like, it's fine. Just, like, a random show. <laughs> like, the Hollywood Bowl, like, I would go. Um, I love that. But yeah. she looks the, the best she's ever had. I, she just seems very, like, confident. Like, and yes. she's always seemed confident to me. But it's just, like, a different level of confidence, in my opinion. I really have always admired that about her. Like, she has always been 100% herself. And I think lately she especially has been. And it's just something – I think it's a really positive influence for a lot of women to look to is her because she is just unabashedly herself. And I – 
I watched her Vogue video where she was going through her different looks and it was the funniest thing. I highly recommend everyone go watch it. We will, I'll leave a link like in the show notes. Um, but she's like, we're doing my favorite thing today. Looking at pictures of myself. <laughs> I just like, I love her. <laughs> it's so me. It's so oh, me. hundred percent. That's some shit you would say in an interview. <laughs> yeah. It's some shit I would say. Cause I look at my Instagram story every night and I'm like, we're doing my favorite thing today. Looking at pictures of myself. Um, yes. But I love that. I love rose-colored lenses. Mm-hmm. River is so good. River is a really, really good, like, beat. Uh, I really want them to release... I think it's on Disney+. Plus. I need to double check. But the whole Backyard Sessions of this album... Yes. I... Yeah. Ever since her Backyard Sessions where she did Jolene, I'm, like, obsessed with that whole concept. I think it's so fun. I think it's great. And I think it's great. She's redoing it. Yeah. I, I just love it. I want I want that version. I want the version, the, like, one she did forever ago and then, like, mm-hmm. this version. I want it available yeah. ASAP. But, yeah. <laughs> That's it, my request. Love, no Jade tour. Is my favorite. Give us the <laughs> Give us the Backyard Sessions. <laughs> Jade is my favorite. River, I highly recommend go um, listen to that one if you haven't. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Um, and Rose Color Lenses. But, uh, yeah, I, I was just watching the music video for Jade the other day, and I was like, she her body looks amazing. Uh, I know the girl. She now owns, like, Dulce Glow Tanning. So, like, I know that that's where her tan is from, um, and I want it. And then uh, she's, like, an investor in the company. That's so and cool. Then um, – uh, I love her hair. She just looks so good. And I'm like, that is giving me my inspiration, like, to get in shape. Because I know that she, I like, she does, like, so heavy, intense workouts. And you can see it in the kind of the Flowers music video. But mm-hmm. she just looks happy. And I'm, I hope that she is. I, I've always yeah. been a Miley fan. I've, I've loved Same. this girl since she was a kid. <laughs> and Literally went to the Hannah Montana Miley Cyrus concert. Like, she, I never, I've never seen her live. That's the thing. And that's I, all. I that's the only. That that's the only live I've seen. I've seen Miley. the 3D concert experience. I was gonna um, say, <laughs> I went to theaters and saw that. But I feel, I feel like you and I both have been like Miley stands through all of the phases. Um, yes. And I just, I, I love watching artists grow. Same with like Taylor. Like I love being able to see how they grow and like what they, where they end up. And, but, and like every phase has its purpose, like, and, mm-hmm. and it's so nicely has bangers, correlated to our lives. Like <laughs> bangers, bangers was in college. Like one of my favorite albums. Yes. 100%. Like I, I and that is the thing. I, I, I was a hardcore Miley stand for so long because everybody's like, she's not that great. And I'm like, go listen to drive, go listen to maybe you're right. Like go listen to the bangers album. Those ballads, that are not really ballads, but like they can be. Her vocal cords are insane. And then on this, and then Plastic Hearts came out, it was great. They had that rock feel. This album, Endless Summer Vacation, her vocals, oh my God, they are astounding. I love her voice. It's so unique, I that raspiness to it. Love her voice. I think she is one of the most talented singers. Of our generation. It's so or, interesting. because, Like, seriously. Yeah, yeah seriously. It's so interesting because her voice sometimes, like, when you're watching the music video, it doesn't always, like, I feel like match, like, how she looks. And I think that that itself is really cool. Mm-hmm. And Well, she's got I, that sexy rasp. And, I mean, I know she's had, like, yeah. vocal cord surgery and, like, some damage and stuff there. But, oh, yeah, like. She's definitely done, you know, some smoking some cigarettes and all that shit that's right, definitely damaged but, like, them. But, like, that raspy, like, sexy. But she can do all the genres. And I think that that's what I like about her. You know who would be a really cool collab for her to do? Who? Taylor Momison. Um, oh, yeah. From Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's her, band, that's, that's where I know her from. <laughs> yeah, but no, like her band, the Pretty Reckless, because mm-hmm. she is the same way. Her vo- she has that really raspy voice too. Um, go listen to her song, uh, the Pretty Reckless Twenty Five or Heaven Knows, two of my favorite songs from that band. Um, th- and tell me that they don't sound like Miley a little bit because like, well, they have the same I raspiness. When I first heard Gabby Barrett sing, I thought it was Miley. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, Gabby yeah, yeah. Barrett has a very similar, like like older Miley. Um, when she had that more like country sound to her, like yes. Gabby Barrett, I'm like, they that's the girl are who does, the same. Um, that's the girl who does, I hope she cheat. Um, I hope she cheats like you did or, on me. Is that that song? Yes. Whatever that song is called. Yes. That's the one. I don't, like, I don't say, know the, I can't, the name. Of. I can't remember the name. Something like you did on me. Yes. 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 That and one? then I hope she cheats. Yeah. That's, I think it's just okay. called I hope maybe. 
Yes, yes. But yeah, yes. I like her a lot. Um, but yeah, they have very similar. Wow, her voice does not match her face either. I know, I know, I know. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. your voice matches your face, so that's... I think it does. I think yeah. it does. Okay, um, so... We're going to end finally today's episode. Thank you for joining our pop culture update um, with you guys. I've been wanting to talk to you guys about all of this for so long. So I'm really excited that we're finally talking about it. Yes. But um, we are going to continue talking about a little bit of pop culture that how it relates to relationships today. But before we do that, we're going to do a couple ad reads. And then we're going to jump into today's episode. So the pop culture moment that we wanted to talk about that is in correlation to relationships is Taylor Swift's brand new song, um, You're Losing Me, and how it's wow. illegal that she hasn't put it on fucking Spotify, and I need this bitch to get on it. Because, <laughs> first of all, Hits Different, which was my favorite song from Midnight's, wasn't on Spotify for a long time, and now it finally is, but now You're Losing Me, which is now my new favorite song, I was gonna is say, not on Spotify, and I, I'm like, Taylor, why are you doing this to me? I am really ill. <laughs> all I have to say um I I will say before we talk about you're losing me and like our you know opinions about the thing um I will say I really do appreciate there being more Lana on <laughs> and I, I really love how chronically. she I love how she put featuring more Lana <laughs> this girl is chronically online like she is listening to us I mean like any any TikTok <laughs> you post and tag Taylor Swift Taylor Nation like she's seen it like because she's seen it when the fact when Midnight's came out and everybody was like adding Lana Del Rey, they're like, were you silent or were you silenced? <laughs> Her background and vocals like, were not enough. <laughs> hearing it now, I'm like, yeah, she really wasn't that much. On yeah, it was just like background, background on Lana, the chorus. The parts oh, it, I thought were Lana, I think they were Taylor. <laughs> oh, it was, she literally only sang on like the chorus. Like, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, the backgrounds. Yeah. So I did appreciate that. Um, it gives it a whole new vibe, which is very, very nice. So I'm really hoping she's seen all of our tweets about putting Harry Styles on style. Um, that is that is the thought. Um, there's a lot of conspiracies in the new Karma music video with Ice Spice. Um her fingernails are blue and black. We've got a lot of conspiracies going on. So I'm just like, I'm here for it. Uh, whenever she chooses to release those, yeah, I would really true. like to see an HS beside of a style. Yes. <laughs> That's all I have to say. AI's already done it for us, unfortunately. So <laughs> Not the best version of it, though. It's terrible. It's like, Actually, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways. But if it's what I have, that I'll take it. Yes. Um, but no. Back we to both the song heard, that we love. We both heard You're Losing Me. We've and been sending each other like the exact same TikToks back and forth. And I'm like, yes, yes. We heard the lyrics to it. And um, if you haven't heard it yet, which we're not going to only talk about this. Like this is relevant. If you even if you're not a Swifty, even if you haven't listened to the song. Um, it is a song about how you are in a relationship and you are fighting for this relationship when no one else is. And you're like... You don't want to leave, but you know that you have to leave and stand for what's best for yourself. And that was the subject matter that we really wanted to talk about because I feel like we've both been in that predicament. You really were in, like, you were in a relationship, a relationship for five years where that was a situation where you're like, I, I want to marry this person. I want to be with them, but they're not actively choosing me. And it's like, I'm doing everything. I'm laying every single card that I have down. My entire deck is out. And... I cannot give you any more mm-hmm. and you are just not, you're not giving me anything back and I, I don't know what to do anything. And you have to have this moment of like self-preservation where you're like, I, I, I don't want to leave you, but I, I have to in order to um, love myself. It's like, it's also like Selena Gomez's song, I needed to lose you to love me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is something that I wasn't in a relationship with somebody, but like there, it was like a situationship kind of deal where... I constantly was getting mixed signals from this person. And it's like, I, I want to believe that you want to be with me, but I'm sitting here. I'm doing everything I possibly can. I'm laying every single card down. I'm literally throwing every single trick I have up my sleeve and giving you all of my heart. And you were just sitting there staring at it and not doing anything. And I ha- I can't let you just take it. Like you don't deserve it. And I don't, I have to love myself and have standards for myself and choose myself at the end of the day because at the end of the day, that's all I have. And I love you, but I have to love me more. 
kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And that's a hard decision, I think, for a lot of people to go through. So as somebody who was in a very long-term relationship and you went through this, I would love to know like what your thought process was when it came to that decision. Like, How did you figure out that, that like this was, this was the moment that I, I have to pick me? Well, like you said, like, I mean, I was, I dated this person for five years. I like, I was ready to get married. Like I, I thought this was my person. I mm-hmm. was doing all of the things that I thought were correct. And, um, when it shifts from like, like she says, like looking at you with like stones in my eyes and it shifts from like this obsession to like laying your head on the pillow, crying silently beside the person that you love like you just get to a point where like like he was losing me and like I I don't know like her her part in that song where she's just literally like stop like you're losing me like mm-hmm. just got to me so much because it was just like that was everything that I was feeling in that moment and I had so much shame around those feelings because you know, everyone around you is rooting for you and everyone around you is rooting for this relationship that they've known and grown to love for five Mm -hmm. years. And you're, Mm -hmm. you're not just yourself anymore. You're this like unit and Mm -hmm. you've created relationships and friendships around being a unit. And so I like had all of the shame around like this desire to like leave because I like was at my wits end. Like it was just like, I was putting things in and not receiving anything. I was, he was slowly losing me. I like didn't feel the same love for him anymore. And so it was like this very shameful feeling. Um, because the last thing that you want when you break up with somebody that you've been with forever is one to feel like the bad guy, but two to feel all of the like judgment and the yeah. the like oh well, everything looked per- it looked perfect from the outside and and so it was re- it was pride. really really hard um i mean i stayed yeah. way longer than i should have and you know i was think was there go ahead was there was there like a specific moment where it like clicked for you or anything or was this just an accumulation over time of you just like having a moment of reflection and realizing that like this isn't what I want. This isn't working out. I think the moment that like really sticks out in my brain was like, I simply just wanted to spend time with him and spending time with me wasn't enough. Like Mm. he chose like other things to do. And, And it may have seemed very, very small from like the outside, but like I would try to make plans or try to go see him. And they're like, I remember distinctly, like we made plans to hang out. He fell asleep, which is fine. Like I understand like when you, you hang out with people and you're tired and they're your safe space and you can fall asleep, yada, yada. And so I not an excuse to fall asleep. (laughs) Still not. So then I started getting tired and I was like, well, I'm just going to go home. Like if you're going to sleep, like obviously you need rest. Like I'm going to go home. And I went home and he went and hung out with other people and like worked on a car and I'm like, so, so you, so you want to spend time with me so that you can rest because I'm your safe space and you can sleep. But then you turn around and instead of saying, Hey, we all decided to like go out and hang, like, why don't you come back over? You just leave it. And so like, it was just little things like that, that just keep ha- kept happening. But it was the, it was the feeling of like, I wasn't enough. Like just mm. being with me and doing something with me wasn't enough. And you weren't being prioritized. Um, and I was not being prioritized. You were and making this person a priority and you weren't seeing that reciprocated because that's how it was for me where it was like I was seeing that like you were saying the, all these words and like saying that you want to make me a priority. But then when it came to uh, those words and actions aligning, because that's what I always go back to is actions, they say a lot, but if the words and the actions align, that's when you know it's a fit. And I wasn't seeing that happen. Yeah. And I was like, and I feel like you and I are both very, like we wear our emotion. You're a little bit better at hiding things, but it's I feel a mask. like, I, mean, I feel yeah. like we're pretty honest with how we're feeling and where we are. And in my situation, it was very evident that like I was upset. And so as I'm listening to this song, the line where she says like, my face was gray, but you wouldn't admit that we were sick. Like that sticks with me because like time and time and time again, I had said, here's why I'm upset. 
This is it. Oh, I'll do better. I'll do better. Would do better for like a week, fell right back into the same thing. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't be with somebody who right now in this moment, like I get that shit happens and we're all busy and we all have schedules, but like, this has been something that has happened for years and it is not getting any better. It gets better it for is, a little bit. Yeah. And then it goes right back to where it was. Like, I can't live like this long term. I can't live like begging for somebody to love me. Like mm-hmm. I'm so, and then then she goes on to say, like, I'm a pathological people pleaser. And I was like, what she's inside of my brain. <laughs> Who only wanted you to see her. Literally. That was the line that killed me. Because it's mm-hmm. like, I sat here and I was like, I'm doing everything for you. And all I'm wanting you to do is just look my way. Yep. Just look at me. Just see me and notice me. And see that I am, in fact, trying. That this is me trying. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not asking for a thank you, but like... God, I would love some reciprocation. God, Mm -hmm. I would like you to notice how hard I'm fighting for this. And you are just taking it for granted. And I was like, this is, it was a wake-up call just being like, this is not what it's supposed to be like. And this is not, like, at the end of the day, her line, um, choose something, risk something. Mm -hmm. It was like, I am... Is this the ideal situation? Because, you know, we we are both very pe- busy people in the entertainment industry, living on opposite sides of the country, and it's like, dude, like I am saying, like I am, I'm willing to take a risk. And we, yeah, are we friends? And we have a really great relationship that could possibly be ruined by this. Absolutely, for sure. I'm willing to risk that because I don't want to spend the rest of my life wondering what could have been. I want to know what it was, what it would be like. So, and that's what I, that is the, that is the motto I've always lived by is I rather, um, I rather regret something I did than something I didn't do and be stuck wondering what if it was my senior yearbook quote and I stand by it. I live by it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. I, I mean, with everything in my life, I would rather regret something I did than something I didn't do and always wonder what if, because that haunts me. I would rather be haunted by the idea of we tried and I lost a friend or I lost this person from my life than I lost this person and I'd wonder what we could have had. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what it would have been because I was begging for somebody to risk. I was risking something for them. I wanted that reciprocation and the fact that I wasn't worthy of like you risking a lot of stuff yeah. made me feel... Like, it just, I didn't like how it made me feel. And I was just like, I can't, I need to risk more stuff for myself. Being like, I, I, I putting myself first, taking more risks for my, my career and other parts of my life instead of a boy. <laughs> but yeah. um, that, I mean, that was the part like of, um, I wouldn't marry me either, a pathological people pleaser. I was like, mm. like, because this was somebody I would have married happily, happily. Yeah. And, um, I know you felt the exact same way and, um, just when someone's not going to choose to pick you and choose to, um, love you, it it is a hard realization. I think that you just get to a point where you hear everybody else saying like, I don't like how they treat you. I don't like what's going on. Cause I definitely was doing that with you and telling you that like, I remember specific moments in that relationship where you were like, my birth- on, specifically <laughs> one of my birthdays that he came to and I didn't like how he was treating you. And I was like, if he does this one more time, I'm going to fucking yell at this man. Um, mm-hmm. but, and, and it, and it was coming from a lot of people and I just it's the same it's that that sentiment of like oh I'm gonna prove you wrong I'm gonna prove you wrong I'm gonna prove you wrong Mm -hmm. I'm so in this like I'm so willing to fight for this and then like as I saw it's pride too it's so it's it was so much pride and I didn't want to be wrong and I and I wanted to get married and I wanted to have you know this life that I had dreamt of and and so to swallow that pride and to like see myself fading and then being blamed as the bad guy. Mm. That's why I love this song because I feel like it's the song for the people that had to leave, uh, even though they didn't want to, but they had to leave and they were, they were the, the bad guy. They were seen as the bad guy. And I'm like, this is the song that we have all needed <laughs> because mm-hmm. there's not a song for us. Like there's always a, like, there's always like a, he broke my heart and shame on him and I'm going to cut tires in his car, but there's not like a you, stop, like you're losing me. Like I'm going to leave this. 
because I can't do this anymore. So, so I appreciate her. I'm so happy that this is a song <laughs> and I'm going to need it on Spotify today. <laughs> so when people are getting into that moment, because I want to, I want to get into like the advice portion of it. Uh, when people are getting into that moment of like, they're realizing this, do you, do you think it, you have a conversation with the person you're seeing of like, where you're saying this stuff, like, you know, like you're, you're vocalizing like your thoughts of like, I want you to pick me. I want you to like, like put in more effort or everything. Do you feel like the people, the person you're dating deserves that? Yes. 100%. I think how, how that. How did you go about having that conversation when you had it? Well, did you have that? Had it, had it multiple times yeah. <laughs> throughout the course of five years. Like we, we were, we were tricky. We were on and off throughout the five yes. years. Um, I mean, you know, um, and so like, that was hard because I felt like, well, I needed to step away from the relationship. It, like looking at it now through the lens of a 29-year-old who was married and in a very like happy, successful relationship, I wish that we had not taken breaks and had stayed together and worked through it as a couple mm-hmm. because I feel like the desire for him to change was not to actually change, but to get me back. Um, mm. and, and he was successful mm-hmm. in that multiple times. And so mm-hmm. the desire to change was never there because I was just gone. And so he was so focused on getting me to be his again and to be in the relationship again that, you know, he got me a little bit, you know, maybe a month mm-hmm. and then things mm-hmm. started to change. There was really no desire from him to change the way that he was in the relationship. And I think had we stayed together and worked through that in a more like unit mindset, productive mindset, I think we would have actually had some change on both sides because I'm not saying that I was 100% in the right either. Like I needed to grow in that relationship too. And instead of just walking away when things get hard, like learning how to work together. And so- I think we were both in the wrong in some of that, but at the end, like, I felt like I had had the conversation multiple times and to an extent I did. So my last conversation was a breakup. It wasn't a, it was like me saying, I don't have any more room for you to keep trying. Like we've been through this. We've done this. It's not changing. This is it for me. Um, because yeah. when it was the multiple breaks that you were having, um, I remember me at least telling you, I'm like, okay, you know what you want him to change. So when you it, going back into this, you had that conversation, like, this is what has to change. And I remember specifically it would change for a month and then it would mm-hmm. go, it would like reset back to how it was. Yep. Because I would text you and I'd be like, well, <laughs> we're right back where we were. <laughs> yeah. And I. So it's like I said, like, here are the things. He did them enough to like muster through reset. and then it would like yeah. reset. Yeah. So for me, I was never, I've never been a fan of breaks in a relationship because I'm like, well, that just break up. Um, that's how Which my mindset always our breaks was. were breakups, but yes, but yes, I know, yeah. I know what you're saying. Like the whole, like, let's just not see each other for a week. I don't do that now. Mm-mm. No, if we're not seeing um, each other, we're not together. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So like not to make it like corporate employee kind of Oh, that's okay. Idea. We can we can take it there. It'll be a good example. <laughs> that's the only way I can refer to it as. But like, you're like monitoring his behavior and his performance and this relationship. And yeah. I, I I just remember saying that I'm like, you can tell him that what you want to change, but you have to. Not that it's your job to hold him accountable because it should be his self that's doing that. Mm-hmm. But I remember being just like, you have to like call him out on it. Like whenever, if that you notice that change, because if you just keep waiting and waiting and never correcting the behavior, like in the moment, almost like a dog in a way, um, it's, 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 it's just going to revert back to it. And at the same time, it's like, at what point do you just get to the point where you're like, I can't, I'm not going to keep correcting this behavior. You should have fucking learned this by now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really hard to do when someone is like 
very upset and like begging for you to give them another, like it is, it was very hard for me to stand my ground. And like, I, I literally had a pep talk from my mom and dad at our kitchen bar before I went over to his house because I did it in his, his space because I didn't want to do it in public because I knew I couldn't hold my shit together because I cry all the time. And so even though my advice was the exact opposite, yours, um, yours was, yes, yours was different. But, mine, but was, I, mine was to do it in a neutral space. But I told them, I was like, I'm ending things. And I was like, and if I come back here and I'm not like, I want you guys to hold me to this. Like I need, I need that because I know how easy I am to easy it is for me to cave in a situation like that. And so it was very hard to stand my ground. But at the same time, I was like, I don't even have like right now I'm so mad and frustrated and upset that I don't even have that tingly love like with you right now. Like I'm mad. I am upset. My feelings have hurt. Like I've swallowed my pride at this point. Like you lost me. Like, and I can't, I can't just like do this over and over and over again. Like I saw divorce in our, in our future. And when I saw that, I was like, I can't, I'm not doing that. I'm not setting myself up for that. That is a telltale fucking sign right there. Yep. When you're like, I'm envisioning this life with you together. And the thought of I'm, it, could it survive a marriage? If I and ever, that, if I'm asking wh- myself that question before a ring is on my finger, you're not putting a ring on my finger. Like I'm not, I'm, yeah. I can't, I can't do that. Like I don't want to go into something thinking it's going to be broken. Like I want to go into Because you don't have some- the trust in the other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, man, that was a wild time. I remember it. I wrote a whole song about it. Don't know if it'll be on the EP. <laughs> about the like actual but, breakup. <laughs> I mean, so... And in these conversations, you were met with somebody who was willing to compromise with you, correct? What was what was the what was his um, response like in these um, these moments? Oh, I'll do better. Oh, I'm working on it. Oh, I've got so much going on. And I was like, what? What? And that was the other thing was that I was I'm so open and honest with the people that I like are in my life. And he, like, I was, like, pulling a needle out of a haystack to get him to tell me what was going on. Like, I knew things were wrong. And I get it that some people don't want to share immediately. But, like, it was to the point where he even said, as I was breaking up with him, he literally said to me, a year ago, I didn't even know if I wanted to marry you because you weren't here. You weren't here for me for this one incident. I remember that. And oh my the, God. Moment, the moment those words came out of his mouth, Oh I knew God. I knew we were no yeah. longer ever going to be together because for that, that was never that never thought that thought didn't cross my mind until the end. Like well, I was is he never he never, he never talked up. to me about it. I had th- th- no that, that was the thing. No idea that he was holding that against me for a year. And that's not fair. That is not well, fair to it you. It makes sense as to why our relationship never progressed. We yeah. were like very stagnant that like last year and I could not figure out like I was expecting a proposal. Like I was just ready. Mm -hmm. Like I was just Mm -hmm. ready to move things along. Like we knew like our families, like we were just, we were, I was just ready. And I was just like, when you're not communicating that, why, why are we not like, we are moving backwards. Like we are doing the opposite. And the minute that he said that to me, I was like, Oh, it all makes sense. Cause you could have told me that a year ago. We could have worked through that. It's like you're watching two different movies. Yes, at the same time. I was, I and was it's like, so, I don't understand he where said the plot he, is going. Right. And he was like, I'm so blindsided by this conversation. And I was like, I am so blindsided from this conversation that you literally have treat like, I saw the shift happen in our relationship and I could not figure out what it was. And now I know. Had you told me that when it happened, holy moly, we could have like worked through that or maybe not. I did not know. I did not know he felt blindsided by that mm-hmm. conversation. He felt blindsided yeah. by the breakup. Mm. Which I feel like anybody when you're getting holding information the whole and, time. Yeah, that is yeah. vital to the. Yeah, the, that's wow. Yeah, it was wow. a, it was a lot, and I mean I get it. Like, like being I've only been broken up with once because I'm, that I was so traumatized that I like literally did the breaking up. Like we've had this conversation on the podcast. I always break up with the person now, and I'm always um, the one that's broken up yes, with because I so, stay way too long, and, and so, I should have left way sooner. <laughs> so I. So I get it. I get the feeling of blindsided, like, especially if in your head is rainbows and butterflies and yada, yada, yada. So then he says that and then he tries to pull the whole, well, I've been like thinking about, I'm like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. You haven't been thinking about proposing because you just told me that something I did a year ago, you've held on to. And that made you question whether or not you wanted me in your future. And now you're telling me that you want me in your future. It doesn't work like that. The fact that you Mm -hmm. questioned it 
no, mm-hmm. no, no. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want it to be a question. I want to be the, like, I want to be a yes. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. everybody should want to want to be a yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was just, it was a lot, man. It's yeah. not, and it's and it's yeah. like it sucked. It sucked. It's it not. Was, yeah, I, it's not a comfortable thing to come to that realization. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to come to that realization either. And I think you have to give yourself grace, and you have to definitely um, be patient with yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I know for me, it was not that I was mad with myself for coming to the realization. It was just like I, I didn't want to come to this realization. It was like disappointing. I, it was disappointing. Yeah. Like I didn't want what everybody else was fucking saying to, to be, be right. the reality. And I didn't want to admit it to myself. And then when I finally did, I was like, fuck, like I can't, it's so blatantly obvious. I'm taking the rose colored glasses off and I'm looking at it. It's so obvious and I can't ignore it anymore. And I hate that I can't ignore it anymore because I, the pathological people pleaser wants to just, keep going on like nothing is different and everything is okay but I think at the same time you have to remember that you were with yourself for the rest of your life and even though it sucks and like it always sucks when you have to leave somebody and it's like god I wish that they cheated on me I wish that they did something like that to make me hate them. Yes. But at the same time, you were cheated. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you were cheated. My time. You were cheated from priority. <laughs> your time, your emotions, you were still cheated because mm-hmm. they weren't giving you that. And you're, yeah. you have to reframe it in that mindset of like, yeah, maybe they did nothing, quote unquote, stereotypical bad, but they did cheat you. Mm. And you have to remember that and that you don't deserve that. And it is so easy to think that when you've only seen that treatment, that maybe that is what is out there and that you don't know any better. But that's one thing that I am thankful for, that I have friends who were in very healthy relationships. And I'm like, well, that's not what's going on in their relationship. So um, I don't feel like what I'm wanting is too unrealistic. And I know that relationship is different and like dynamics are different and everything, but it is something where you just have to kind of have that reflection of maybe I don't want to admit that my friends are right. Um, but also like, okay, for me, what made me have the realization was, and I, last time I thought about this, I cried. So I'm trying not to cry when I think just saying the sentence out loud. That's okay. Was, you cry. <laughs> If I had a daughter, would I want her to be going through that? No. No. And if I had to sit there and watch my 14-year-old self go through this, would I want her to go through that? And I don't. That is the person I'm trying to protect at the end of the day, is my inner child and that inner me that is that did go through damage and that did have trauma and stuff like that and that I'm always trying to protect and look out for. And if that that is my daughter one day, like, that is somebody I'm going to always fight for. And I need to do that for my current 29, almost 30-year-old self. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what not just Taylor, not just Selena, but, like, anybody (laughs) in this situation (laughs) – has to like have that moment where you're thinking about that and I've had a lot of people ask me like how did you do so okay like you seem like you have it so well and so together I'm like <laughs> I'm crying I'm like, <laughs> she be texting me she's she crying listening to I'm songs crying. like it, it's okay you you put on I also good, have had a shit ton of therapy you've had a lot of therapy but you also keep yourself busy um I which also is a good know, thing and a bad thing <laughs> Here is my thing, but this is the thing that I always try to remind myself of. And I know you didn't have this. Well, you did. You did a little bit. But I remember how badly someone else hurt me, how low I got in that moment. No one is ever going to hurt me that bad again. Yeah. I will never allow myself Mm-hmm. To go to that place again, I am more. I would. Ra- I would rather risk it and leave 
So I do not have to go back to that place because I refuse right. to go back to that place. When I was going to say, you're not going to let yourself be in a situation like that ever again. Yeah. I've literally picked myself off, off of a street corner sobbing. I refuse to go back to that low place again where I was willing to just let myself go for somebody else. And... That would be more disappointing than giving up on somebody who, yeah, I love them and I, I want to be with them, but I have to love me more mm-hmm. because I have to do it for her. I have to do it for my old self because I'm not going to allow myself to crawl back up when I've made such progress and I've gone so far already. And um, these are conversations I've also had with other friends because recently this is something that I feel like everybody's going through. I feel like a lot of people are going through breakups and they're always like, texting me, how are you doing so well? And I'm like, I just refuse to ever go back there. I just refuse to ever be in that place again. And I think if you've been hurt that badly before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And at the end of the day, if you haven't, Choose yourself so you don't ever have to be in that place because I don't wish that on my worst enemy. I don't wish that that feeling on the, my worst enemy, and I, I I don't wish on any of you gals. So that that's my biggest advice is fight for yourself so you don't have to go there. And if you've never been there, fight for yourself so you don't ever have to because you shouldn't ever have to mm-hmm. go to that place. So yeah, and my my like ending advice would to, to be would be to have the hard conversations. Like if something is bothering Mm -hmm. you and something is not, you know, working out, like have that conversation because it's going to save you in the long run. And that gives you and your partner the opportunity to like work through something together, um, which is going to set you up for success in your future. If they're, if they are your future. Um, And if that looks like couples counseling, fine. That's great. If that looks at like you not say not going to somebody else and you just like checking in once a week and you just making a cognizant effort to correct it and make sure that your partner knows that you are there for them, like that is the most important. And I think honestly, just keeping each other in check mm-hmm. and calling that shit out and speaking up for yourself because my whole thing was being that, you know, pathological people pleaser, afraid to speak for, up for myself and my needs. And I texted Hannah the other day of realization, like, I'm going to have to do that the next relationship I jump into. Like, I'm going to have to because I just don't give a fuck anymore. Maybe that's me turning 30, but, like, just I'm going to have to because I don't care if you don't like that anymore. Yeah. I don't care. These are my boundaries. These are my standards. If you don't like it, then you are not the one for me. And I'm not going to sit here and tolerate bullshit after bullshit because I have worked so hard to be by myself. And that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I hope this was motivating. This for was a really you. good episode. I think it's really nice to talk about things like that, especially now that I'm like so far removed from it. It's very easy for me to talk about. And oh, actually, I'm sure. yeah, and yeah, like yeah. coming at it from a different perspective than like when you're in the heat of the moment. So I think, yeah, definitely. I think it's really nice to, to just, you know, think through things and, and, and be able to, like, the whole purpose of this podcast is to have these really hard conversations and give a space to you gals to come with questions and, and like feel like there's other people who are going through similar things. So definitely. And so that does it for today's episode of the gals guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the gals guide pod. Also like us on Facebook at the gals guide and become a gal scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey.